0: Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between The Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com like Herd Podcast on Facebook and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to H.E.R.D., your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and tonight I'm joined by Jason. Hello. Nick. Cheese. Vato. Ooh.
1: And not, oh, man, I, t- I took her thing. Feels good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not to be cheesy, guys, but I think we have a really special episode oh, today. Oh, the puns have started already. Today we have two, two powerhouses in the house tonight. We have Dean Georgilis from Giridanos. Hello, good the evening. franchisee just brought the location to Detroit. Yeah. Very exciting. Awesome. And then the VP of operations of Buddy's Pizza, a hometown favorite, Wesley Picula. Hello. Thanks nice for being be here. here. All right, guys, let's start right off. Let's start off with a little bit of history. Uh, Wes, tell us the history of Buddy's in a couple minutes.
2: Okay, sure. <laughs> so Buddy's originated at uh, the Square Pizza originated at Six Bound Coda in Detroit. It was founded by a gentleman by the name of Gus Carrera. And it was founded in '46, and basically it uses a steel square pan that was used as, for scrap metal collection in automotive plants and tool and die shops. And he basically wanted to find something that could cook something similar to focaccia, which is generally rectangular. And so he found a pan that was square. Uh, one of the customers that was working the tool and die shop told him he had a container that would work, and that's how it started, 1946.
3: Awesome. let's, let's, uh, talk about Giordano's for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. So two brothers, uh, Efren and Joe Boglio, um, immigrated from Italy to Chicago in the late sixties and their grandmother used to make an Easter pie in Torino, Italy. Um, and when they came to the States, they had tried pizza in Chicago and didn't think it was very good. So they, uh, thought they would take their grandmother's recipe and modify it for the American palate. And, uh, they started making deep dish stuffed pizzas in 1974. Um, they opened their first restaurant it was on the south side of Chicago on um, 63rd and Cicero. And uh, they had about uh, 8, 10 twi- uh, tables. And, um, and now there's about 70 restaurants.
4: Is that one still open?
3: That particular one is not. Um, they outgrew it quickly. Uh, they were voted uh, the best pizza in Chicago in 1977 and that's when their business really took off.
0: Great. All right, so we have...
5: Do we want to kind of define Detroit pizza and Chicago pizza? Is that a thing, or does everyone know? Well,
0: that? yeah, I was going to say we have some here. Okay. So let, let's, let's. Where is it? Is it hiding? No, it's in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's. Uh, He's hoarding it. <laughs> let, let's serve some. Um, so we we have a couple pizzas from Buddies. We have four from Giordano's. Um, let's be clear though. Uh, one, one slice, two slices of Giordano's is enough. Um, it, it's it's a heavy pizza. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a stuffed um, deep dish pizza, um, like Buddy Square um, pizza. We we do a two inch pan, steel pan. Um, so each a uh, 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 small stuffed pizza is about two pounds, a medium is about four pounds, and a large two is pounds. about six pounds.
5: Yeah, I mean you look at the density of a Chicago pizza; it's much more of a. I mean, there's a lot of toppings. I feel compared to maybe a traditional pizza. Yes, and probably a little more than a Detroit. Detroit has a little more of a. A puff to it, I feel
2: like. Yeah, the crust is designed to to proof, basically. So you it sits for two, three hours before you can even make the pizza. So you make the dough, you proof it, and then when it's proofed, and then you're able then to start assembling it and mm-hmm. baking it. And the
5: great thing, I think, about both of them is they have that deep dish. So Detroit specifically gets that, that crunchy outside, and then you get the nice baking shell kind of from Chicago.
0: Yeah, and let's be clear, the Chicago is – Round, yes, and and Buddy's Pizza's square, square, yeah. yeah. So there is a there's a mark difference there as well. Um, so let's start with the Giordano's. Um,
3: the so we have the classic, okay. yes, so, which is uh, pepperoni, mushroom, onion, and green pepper. Okay, and that is a literally it's called the Chicago classic, and that's a Chicago classic style pizza.
0: Now is that a large right there? Uh,
3: that is a medium. Medium. So that's four pounds. Yep. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we will eat our body weight in pizza. <laughs> A um, couple, couple years shit. ago, I was a judge at a pizza contest, and I had to eat 40, <laughs> oh, 46 different slices of pizza in the span of four hours. And they
5: were bites, right?
0: Well, th- well, they were full slices, but but ultimately, yeah, and um, neither of these uh, buddies nor Giordano's were in, in the house. Was um, it local? It was local, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so the Detroit Giordano's opened how long ago? September 12th, so September just about 12th. five weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And do you have another Michigan location? We do. We have one in Holland, Michigan. Holland, Michigan. You said you have 70 locations
3: nationwide. Yes. uh, uh, Yes. uh, From Ohio to Phoenix. Um, And so there are a few in Florida. There's um, some in Phoenix. There's some in uh, Minnesota, um, Ohio, and then we're the Michigan franchisees.
0: So, Wes, uh, Buddy's is only in Michigan, yes?
2: Yes. We're only in Michigan. We opened our Ann Arbor store a few weeks ago. Um, we have looked at other areas, however, but right now we 're still local we're still um, you know trying to figure out what the best path forward is. Um, clearly, the Detroit style, just like Chicago style that's been around a long time, is finally starting. Starting to get footing, so that's exciting on a national level.
5: I would say this year was a big year for Detroit Pizza, because yeah, I saw that. Food Network do some stuff on it. I've seen uh, some of the other major magazines do some stuff on yeah. it, so it was a
2: good year for Detroit yeah. Pizza. Gail King, actually, from the old magazine, did it twice. She gave us full-page ads, you know, obviously, because she loved Buddies, and uh, she's, she's tweeted about it, and so... Um, obviously, a lot of people follow her with Oprah and so on. So, it, it, and there's other people that are picking it up around the country that get a lot of publicity from from the product itself. So, in all the trade magazines, you'll start seeing a lot of articles coming out about Detroit style pizza. So, there's a curiosity for sure. And how many are there besides there's in Auburn, Detroit? Twelve stores.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then you're opening one. At- Detroit Zoo,
2: yeah, we're right. opening in Detroit Zoo partnership with the zoo they're gonna they're gonna operate it and we're gonna oversee it, so we're helping them with the design, the kitchen, the operational side of it, and then they're gonna run it so but they they again they they love buddies, they fell in love with it, they're actually not local, but um the zoo wanted us there, and they fell in love with the pizza, and they thought it'd be a great idea so 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 nobody take a picture of me eating this
1: with my fork tonight, <laughs> okay because. Traditionally, I want to eat pizza with my hands, uh, but I don't know. Chicago pizza uh, just doesn't seem like that. That is a hands like on, you know, my New York Gene's style. Dean's got it. Dean's got it.
4: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's a thing, right? But New York style, if big slice, you fold it in oh, half.
4: Yeah.
2: And, and it drips on you. <laughs> is there I've such a thing
4: for Chicago? I mean, that, may, that brings up an interesting question, though. I know in New York and you the New York style and even around town, grab slices like this pizza does not lend itself to stopping by and grabbing a slice and go. Is that a thing in Chicago? Uh,
3: it, we actually don't do it by the slice. Um, we actually have individual pizzas though. Personal pizzas that are six inch pizzas, smaller versions of the small, medium and larges that we can do at a quicker pace. And it is meant for one person. What does that weigh? Uh, you know, that's a great, uh, uh, probably just shy of a pound. Like a newborn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, so, so I,
0: I feel like both of you guys are kind of like originators of the style that you guys um, mm-hmm. are now selling, right? Um, so, Wes, let's start with you. The, this, we just talked about Detroit style kind of having this like year of popularity. How do you feel about these other places that use – say um, Emmy loves pizza in uh, Brooklyn, oh, yeah. for example. Yeah, you like- have
2: Emmy Squared. You have Via 313 and all those kind of places. There, There is someone that uh, basically you know will teach someone a version of the pizza for a fee – um I think listen food is amazing to me like I think everyone should make what they love and and there's variations of everything out there so I think the fact that if people are eating pizza I get excited about it cuz you know there's different tastes for 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 d- different folks and well the beauty about pizza is you can create your own food item basically the toppings and we offer multigrain and gluten-free and things like that and uh, the different styles are great. I eat Giordano's probably third, 20 years ago. We used to go to the NRA show in Chicago. You stopped at either Lou Malnati's, Giordano's, all of them. And Giordano's does the stuffed pizza. I think it's a little different mm-hmm. than what some of the other guys do. But, yeah, it's 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 exciting, and uh, it's it symbolizes the town. And we're excited because of where Detroit is trending or has been trending, that buddies is Detroit, and, and, and Detroit now can have its own – sort of pizza now that they can kind of brag on and things like that so it's all great really a lot of collaboration in the city with restaurants and chefs and it's an amazing time in the 70s and 80s you never saw chefs get together i mean it was so competitive in a day no chef would share a recipe or bring somebody in to cook in their kitchen nowadays you see it all day long and it's amazing i love that about the city right now and the food scene
0: And speaking of that, how how have you felt in terms
3: of your welcome here, Dean? You know, I say it all the time. Um, It's been a wonderful experience. Um, The city's been very welcoming. Um, The guests have been really great. Um, What's neat is because of the proximity between Detroit and Chicago and how people travel back and forth between the cities so much, um, usually one person at the table has experienced Giordano's. Um, So it's kind of a nice icebreaker for the rest of the table to, to share stories about why they uh, chose Giordano's or whatever, and as Wes said, um, pizza is very regional. You know, just like a lot of other cuisines, um, whether it's French or Italian or Greek or Spanish, it's very regional. And as Wes said, it's very nice to have to be part of a city that has its own identifiable uh, and, and uh, its own identifiable pizza. Um, but for us to come to the city and have something completely different and still be embraced um, is really great. So you
1: you say it's regional. I'm just curious as to what what you both think about why it's become so regional. I mean, a lot of people do pan pizza, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But Detroit pizza, in my mind, is kind of known for the ones that put the sauce on the top. That's for, right. Versus other pan pizzas that you know you're just
2: yeah. And there you know. and there's a, and there's again there's a reason for it. I mean there there's I, I listen in the 70s uh, when Jet started in 74 75 I think. I mean buddies was in business since 1946. I mean everybody would come to buddies and it wasn't unusual to watch people crawling through the dumpsters in the middle of the night and and everybody wanted to know what everybody was serving what flour they're using what tomato products and you know they would hire your staff away I mean you could go down the list of how many places you know were knocked off of buddies and everybody put their own spin on it because again that's the beauty of the product and they' have been very successful you know for us at buddies we do it the way we were taught when I started in '75, there's no way you were going to deviate from any kind of recipe or process or procedure. We had what we call the old timers' crew. They were all ladies, probably in their 60s, that had arms the big as my thigh. And uh, if you try to get out of line with anything, how you processed it, you'd have uh, you'd have to answer some some questions. So, so we maintained the original process from the products we use to the to how we execute the dough and and the stretching and, 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 and again, layering the sauce. And all of that has uh, attributes that will affect the product. If you sauce too thick, you get a water down the pizza. If you sauce too thin, you don't get enough flavor. So there's a lot of art to it besides just the assembly of it. If you do it well, it needs to be crispy, it needs to be light, and it needs to be balanced. The topping shouldn't be over-portioned. Uh, you should be able to crack the corners with your fingers so there's a crunch so yeah it's uh and the beauty of it is is again is if you love what you're doing and you do it well you'll be successful you know so i think there's room for everybody to be honest out there to to do something right but right. we are the pizza capital if you really think about it <laughs> i mean between hungry Howie's and domino i could go down the list mm-hmm. little caesars of all the chains and i don't know why they don't call detroit the capital of pizza because if you you know, between – and again, you could go to all of them. You know, Papa Romano's, uh, Hungry. again, going down the list, there's a million groups that started in the city. So – And it's funny because
5: we only see them as regional. Is is Papa Romano's national?
2: No, but they started <coughs> locally and, and, you know, and they, grown, they, yeah. they had their run. Like, you know, in the day, there was Dino. They, there were so many pizza places. They came out of the city. Hmm. I was going to write a book one time entitled Doughtown and just talk about – all the re, all the places that have had their roots in the city. That's yeah, why yeah. I always laughed about Chicago. And I I used to read the trades and go, "Are you kidding me?" Every chain that's out there on a national level, like the three bit, right? Domino's right. and Little Caesars, started in their local guys. Yeah, in
1: Detroit. You mentioned Dinos. I grew up on Dinos in West Detroit. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was something that we had. Like every uh, uh, New Year's, my mom would get Dinos. Yeah, and that
2: was had a following. Then at, uh,
1: Ended up closing in West Detroit, and the only one I knew left was in Dearborn. And yeah, it was just yeah, I remember. So far Dino's. Away, but,
2: yeah. and you have places like Louise that does a great job. You know, Louise does. You know, they they still they sir, it's different. You know, and again, you go to different, or you go to a Cloverleaf. It's different, and it all came out of the same kitchen. But everybody knows when you move something out of that kitchen, you change the pans, you change the staff. It's never – you change the water. It's never going to be the same Right. Uh, if you really understand the product. Like right. maybe the masses don't always figure it out. But like if you're eating it every day, you, you notice the variations.
5: Yep. So you bring up the pan. Um, obviously, the, the pan that we have here seems very well-loved. Do you notice a difference when maybe you add a new pan to rotation oh, versus an yeah, old pan? Yeah, yeah what, we,
2: what changes? Yeah, what we do usually is we'll we'll run those pans for a long period of time with nothing in them, right? Or we'll take scrap dough, dough that we throw away that you know so, or sort of extra. Let's say it overproofs or we can't use it. We'll just run the pie through, throw the dough out, run the pie through, and you keep cooking them and cooking them until we look at it and say this is getting the bake we like. So let let's let's give it let's give it uh, let's put it into production. And when we open new stores, we've taken pans out of existing stores mm-hmm. that have been there, you know. And Six Mile, well, I'll be honest, has pans probably there from, from, from when I was there. So are they serial numbered at all? No. <laughs> have you seen them run away? You could tell by the amount of grease on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trees. You see the layers. <laughs> Nick's going to run home and look at the pan he took one day. And check was, check uh, the, check the grease levels <laughs> that are baked into it.
3: Yeah, I know. We do the same thing, Wes. We season the pans before you use them for, for service. Um, and that makes all the difference. And as Wes said, You know, dough is a living, breathing product, literally. And just by changing the environment, whether it's temperature, humidity, or the water, and the content of the minerals in the water, will actually change the flavor of the pizza. Um, And then the other thing that makes pizza regional is just what, Per, what resources are available and what personal preferences are. And so in Chicago, I think that the, the deep dish stuffed pizza took off because our winters can be really brutal and it's great comfort food. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can share and that you can celebrate around and enjoy with friends and family or whatever occasion, whether you're watching a sporting event or just hanging out with some friends. Um, it's great to do. And the varieties that we have in this town are great so that you can have several different types of pizza and not have to commit to one.
5: And, and water is something they bring up a lot with, like, New York pizza and, uh, um, like, uh, Paris uh, croissants, things like that. Or, or San Francisco San Francisco, Sourdough. Yep, Sourdough, exactly. yeah, exactly. There is a company, I know they have a, um, the machine at Crop in Cleveland, that'll recreate regional water based upon added minerals and salts and things like that. Have you heard of anyone doing that with pizza? I know it's probably difficult for you guys, you know, kind of with your scale. This is a very upscale restaurant that's yeah, goofing around Some with people
2: that. put... You know, purifiers on the cold water. Obviously, you don't put it on the hot water because you don't use that in a mix. Because some people, you know, because the water, the hot water, if you're trying to cool down or heat up the it's been water in the tank already, yeah, so you yeah. don't want it out of the tank. So they've put filters on the cold water. But I mean, we have great water in this state, mm-hmm. so I mean, I think it's amazing. But I was just going to mention, like, with the whole deep dish. Like at one time, buddies had that as part of their logoing. You know, deep dish, and you know, so confusing because people said, well. Chicago's deep dish. You guys aren't really deep dish. <laughs> and that's true. That wasn't really the intent. It just became part of what the, what the branding was. So later on, we said, you know, Chicago style sort of created this deep dish. So that's not really what we are. We're more of a Sicilian style uh, pizza, which was generally a rectangular kind of pizza. We had the meat stuffed into the dough and it had more of a poofier, more of a focaccia kind of thing. So it's more of a Sicilian style pizza that happens to proof. We don't even refer to it as deep dish anymore. It's more – and again, the whole Detroit style thing, we've always been Detroit. So we're not a Johnny-come-lately to, to to the marketing side of it. We we love Detroit, always have been part of Detroit. But we did obviously go with the trend to call it Detroit style because Six Mound Conan originated that style of pizza. Mm-hmm. So we just want to always tell that story. There was a lot of people involved in it. A lot of people evolved it, but but there's only one beginning, and that and that started at Six Mile. Awesome. So it's Detroit style.
5: Yeah.
2: Right. And Chicago style has their little thing. Now we have our Detroit style.
3: There you go.
5: Well, and it goes to show you that the strength of Detroit's market, too, that you would come in. Right. You know, that you're not coming in because you don't think you can make any money. You're coming in because the, the base will support
3: it. Right. Well, we feel that uh, we were asked why do we come to Detroit often, and it's not to change Detroit pizza. Mm-hmm. It's just to bring another variety that's um, well been well received, um, and and it's a great town. We've had nothing short of a blast being here. I've, I've been um, training this team since uh, early August, and we opened September twelfth, so pushing three months, and it's 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 been a blast. I mean, the 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 people here are great and welcoming. One of my favorite things to do is hang out on the sidewalk and just meet people walking by.
4: Cool. Where does Pizza Populus fit in on that? Doesn't people, Pizza Populus serve similar?
3: They, they do, they do, um, um, and I and I think Pizza Pop there's room for everybody, as Wes said. Um, our our intent wasn't to not necessarily knock them out, but it is a similar style pizza, um, and the other things on our menu are nothing similar to what Pizza does. But I don't think there's the stuff, though, right? It, it is. Do they put the layer of dough they on do. top?
2: Yeah, they I have I've eaten it, I think once.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's the city's big enough to have multiple.
2: We should get some of those New
3: York folks
1: to come in here and shop too. I really love that kind of New York flat. And And
5: is that it? Is there are there three styles of pizza, or is there like a you know a Florida pizza? Is there a Texas pizza? Yeah, there's
2: California style, New Haven. I mean, you can go you can go around the country, and there's you know they've got the old Forge over in Pennsylvania. Like we said, the regional everybody kind of adopts their own style, and that creates the folklore. You know, we again, Buddy started in '46, so keep in mind. To maintain just a product for that many years, right. 71, 72 years, it's just remarkable in itself, right? Detroit had Sanders, Detroit had a lot of different groups, Verners that came through and were amazing products. Stroh's beer, I mean, you think about it now, you know, to, to keep that product alive uh, when you're competing with all the different food trends and all the different Changes of eating style and all this kind of stuff, and to still have a product that appeals to mainstream people and that still has a following and a, uh, we have uh, an amazing customer base. They're 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 bigger advocates for our products than we are. I mean, I love to see the uh, internet when they had a contest against uh, Malnati's in Chicago. So they had buddies going against Malnati's, this uh, delivery company, Pop Belly, I think they were called. And to hear the Chicago people going crazy and then the Detroit people going crazy, it, it reminded me of, yeah, when you go to Chicago and you're watching a game at some bar on Rush Street mm-hmm. right. and people are literally getting into fights because they're as passionate about Chicago as we are about Detroit. Right. So it's, it's all good as long as it doesn't get out of hand. I think all
5: that stuff is great. Right. I remember a number of years ago, GQ did a contest for the top 25 pizzas in the U.S., and Michigan had four. Yeah, and I always thought that was really cool. Of course, you guys made it. Yeah, um, China tomatoes was yeah, in there. tomatoes Nicky's. made
2: it. I think Sapino's, I think David was in there. It was yeah,
0: and Nicky's. Yeah,
2: yeah it could have been Nicky's. Yep. Yeah, and then Nicky's is another one that you know in the day that you know someone left and started the product and they started doing a Greek pizza. So it it's fun. I mean, I mean, I personally, you know, with you talk talking about New York style earlier. I mean, I would put David's pie. From uh, subpoenas against any new and i've had new york pies too i mean it's not like i haven't had them but uh his pie is to me i love that pie it's got great balanced pizza he's got a great crust and david's a friend and uh it's it's another and he's a buddy's fan too he says if i don't eat subpoenas i eat buddies (laughs) so so and i say the same thing so yeah but he he could go against anybody with his pizza let's talk about uh
0: scaling nationally for a second so Mm -hmm. Dean, uh, l- let's talk about how the the flavor of the Giordano's pizza kind of translates across, say, from sure. Detroit to you said Arizona, sure, yeah. West? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. How, how does? What are the differences? Are there differences? What? How do you keep it
3: similar? Um, well, you mentioned it earlier about the water. Um, we actually are having the water in those regions treated so that it's the same profile as the Chicago water for the dough process there. Um, so. Uh, w- because we're large and, and nationwide, we, um, we have a commissary. That are, we have commissaries that are regional. And so um, they make the dough um, regionally and ship it out regionally. It's all fresh. Everything's made every day fresh. Um, but that's what keeps the consistency. Um, so when you do scale, like the sauces and the salad dressings and all that stuff, they're all made the same. Um, they're all fresh. We don't freeze anything. Um, uh, but that's, that's how, that's how you manage 70 restaurants is you have a few commissaries that are following the same recipes, making the, do they the, ship the, the from r-
4: they ship from there as well?
3: Oh yeah. So, so I just
4: it, saw the side of the box and it says ship nationwide. Yeah.
3: Uh, so we have a, a frozen pizza program that you oh, can actually. ship nationwide. Yeah. That are par baked um, by mm. us and then shipped. And then we have fulfillment centers, uh, three of them throughout the nation. And how do you choose the markets that you go to? Uh, that shipping frozen pr- program is really great because we, we see where we ship a lot of pizzas. Oh, um, interesting, But then um, just through regular market analysis means, um, you know, through um, people's uh, purchasing trends and um, internet has a great way of, you know, uh, tracking Google searches and, um Indianapolis was actually hilarious. How we picked Indianapolis. Um there was a group of people that started a Facebook page that said bring Giordanos <laughs> to Indianapolis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we watched it for a year and watched how many followers they had, and now there's two in Indianapolis. So oh. there's two Giordanos in Indianapolis. So that's a unique story. That doesn't happen often, but um just through normal marketing analysis. So Wes, the the staying in Michigan is a conscious choice,
0: right? Yeah, and, sure. And and, and so how do you choose the market that you the markets that you go to in Michigan?
2: Um, it's locally? probably very similar. I mean, we're within ten, fifteen miles of each location. Some of that is operational. You want to make sure they can control the the areas that you're you know overseeing. I mean, you don't want to get too far out and have a store standing out there. It just creates a bottleneck for everybody. I mean, part of it is. You know, when when uh, our owners bought Buddies in 1970, you know, you almost become a steward of something that already had a big following. You got to remember when they bought it in 1970. Talk about contests! They had a pizza contest in 1970, similar to Chicago. They had the Detroit uh, News ran a citywide contest, and Buddies won that contest in 1970, and they just happened to buy it at the time, and so uh, you inherit this brand that not only makes pizza but also does a lot of community outreach stuff. We we work tremendously with all the different groups in the city, whether it's the Motown Museum or the DIA, Capuchin Soup Kitchen, all these kind of groups. So it was more than just the pizza itself. It was giving back to the community. Um, and then, again, the, the effort was to to keep it manageable and to keep the product consistent. And so that was then. Now, because of how everything is trending we're looking at probably what Giordano's did many years ago. We're looking at now, you know, we want to share this great product with other people around the country, and we're going to follow where the Michiganders uh, huddle up. And in a, in a winter, they go to Florida. I mean, we do the same thing. We ship from the original store, and yeah, we'll ship to California. We ship everywhere. So, as a matter of fact, I just saw on YouTube a uh, South Korean <laughs> Detroit-style pizza restaurant <laughs> that got the recipe from this local guy that, again, teaches people. And uh, they did a YouTube thing of watching these people eating these Detroit-style pies just going crazy in this restaurant in South Korea. I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. Like who would have thought something like this? And, and he went to the pizza expo. They guy from South Korea and saw this product and just thought it would be amazing there, and I and I just I was just fascinated, and I said, God, you know, Detroit is is so it was a remarkable city before, but the fact now that everyone is recognizing it, it, it to me, I, I I just I get so excited. I, I it it is exciting. It should be for everybody. I mean, we're so tired of uh, being dusted over and sort of stepped on and make fun of your football team and oh. for good reason, of course, but <laughs> you may have to be tired of that a little longer. Yeah, ago, so. I hear you. But no, it, Chicago's
3: in the same spot. Yeah.
2: We, 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 we've got a lot of, we got a lot of amazing things here in the city, but yeah, we're going to look to, uh, to probably venture out a little bit too. Out of state. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think eventually we, ha- Why? Not? I mean, you know, it's something that people want. So many people have relocated around the country. The automotive industry obviously puts people everywhere. Um, so we've had a location at 13 and Van Dyke, across from the Tech Center, since for 37 years. We've been in Auburn Hills. We've been in Ford, you know, Ford Country. Uh, you know, the original Detroit buddies with Highland Park Chrysler. I mean, all these automotive people have grown up having their lunches. I mean, we when I was a busboy at Six Mile, we used to have. The guys coming out, I don't know if it was the 11th or 12th floor, whatever, from the GM headquarters downtown, all those guys would have the suits and the wingtip shoes, all the big executives sitting there having their meetings there at Six Mile. These were top-level executives from GM. So, you know, it's got a lot of history. I mean, it's got a lot of people that have crossed paths with buddies, and I think uh, wherever we go, I think there will be a good uh, Michigan contingency there. So I think that,
1: that works out well for both because, uh, you know, there's so many. You mentioned that There's people that are going to retire to Florida. You got your snowbirds going to Arizona, and yeah. they don't have anything like this. I think growing up in in the Detroit area, the only thing I had close to Chicago pizza was Pizzeria Uno. Yeah, was probably like right. the closest of that. But then uh, anybody leaving Chicago to move anywhere, uh, especially for students, that you know, that they spend like four months out at Wayne State or or uh, U of M Dearborn for you, you know, cause yeah. you got the buddies um, right how down. Quick in Michigan. Did you
5: get your diploma? You say
1: four months. <laughs> which de- which diploma are you talking about? there? Because I got several.
2: He got he got, he got a couple online version ones too. Oh wow! Wow. Hey, where's the Greenlander folks? <laughs> I love Greenlander too, oh, by the way. But
1: but that's the idea. I have uh, I have uh, in-laws that are snowbirds, and uh, when they're in Arizona, they're like, eh, there's not really a lot of stuff out here that you know they love coming back, and right. when they're back in town, it's like, oh, well, you know, let's let's go over to. Buddies and it's like get something and it's a nostalgic thing for them, right? Uh, so that marketing thing, like you say, you know, all those everyone that was here who left, you know, you know, wants this. It's the same, I, I, there's nowhere else going to get Chicago pizza, really. Then, right? Unless people like you. Your, venture uh, out yeah, yeah right and
2: I'm not sure uh, uno's the local uno's was a representation in my mind because uh, when I went to Chicago and I would eat the pizza and then you come here and, right. uh, it, it was different it yeah. was it yeah. was a good try but you know like anything else it, it, if you you have to really love the product right on a unit level I mean it's not something you could just throw together there's right. so many little intricacies that are involved in doing it right. And if no one had Chicago style and they tried Unos, they may not care for it as much. Right. right. I mean, I don't want to badmouth anybody, but that was my experience with with them. And they and they did decent for a period of time here, and then they sort of disappeared. Right. And so our, our
3: growth has been very slow specifically for that reason, and we want it to be. We want to make sure that when we do it, we do it right or don't do it at all. And part of it is product-based, but it's also training Right, And as you said, Wes, the, the leader in that space really has to be passionate about the food and make sure that the environment's right. You know, for one pizza, it takes six guys or six people, guys and girls, to make one pizza at Giordano's. Um, there's six stations. And if one person messes up a step, all of the other people's work, those other five people's work is for not, right? And so um, they all work together. and not, But you have to build that culture. It's not just, you know, saute. I mean, there's all different types of restaurants that are very, very challenging. But it, when it... W- when you're talking about pizza, um, the oops is a big oops because it's 45 minutes to bake the pizza, mm-hmm. right? So if we make a mistake, we have to wait another 45 mm-hmm. minutes for that entree to come out. That's not a stereotypical experience at a restaurant. If you make a mistake, um, you can usually have that entree out in 12, 15 minutes maybe. Um, that's not going to happen at Giordano. So everybody has to take their time, but building that culture where you can have that consistency um, every time is is really difficult. So we did it slow. Um, Giordano's been around since... Um, 74 and, uh, Michigan, uh, was the th- third state it's been in.
0: Wow. So your growth has been
3: in the last few years. <clears throat> Swift. Yeah. In the last five years. Wow! Right. Right. Perfecting it. Um, really getting the training process down, really getting the culinary execution down, making sure that the kitchen was designed properly so that we could perform efficiently. Um, and then once we felt we had that recipe done, um, we, we started growing outside of Illinois.
4: Was this the original, <clears throat> excuse me. Is this the original owner still, or their ownership has transferred? The like ownership is, side? Yeah, okay.
3: yeah. The uh, Boglio brothers um, sold it to a franchisee. Um, I want to say in the early '80s, um, and then in 2011, uh, a venture capitalist firm bought it mm-hmm. from from that previous owner. Um, very local. It's very scary to hear that, but it's not um, because they're Chicago guys. Uh, the company was for sale. They wanted to keep it intact exactly the way that it was. They had no intent of changing anything, um, and they did not. Um, it's We used the exact same recipes from 1974. Um, nothing's changed. So I, I want to touch
0: on the the culture uh, mm-hmm. part that you brought up, especially with employee culture. And Wes, I'll start with you with this because I, uh, I have a Facebook friend who, whenever I'll post a picture of uh, – pizza or something she'll say i used to work at buddies mm-hmm. my pizzas were the best <laughs> i made the best pizzas at buddies right and she had a, she has a, a sense of pride for that and every time i walk into a to a buddies like the, the people seem to be really happy to be there um especially at the six mile location yeah, but like you know really any of them um to drink an old forester
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do you build that culture and how does it spread across the whole of the company
2: i uh well Listen, you you have to be attentive to people. I mean, you have to respond to their needs. That sounds very basic, but a lot of people skip. The real basic things in life aren't that complicated. I mean, if you treat people with respect, if you listen to people and you respond to their needs, I think you'll solve 90% of your problems. So you start with that. You have to make sure that if there's people in a system that are taking away from The culture and making other people miserable, you have to deal with that person. The worst thing for an employee is to have bad employees in the same zone all the time and and nothing gets done. So you you have to deal with the people that aren't doing a great job. And I think thirdly, we're fortunate because we have a lot of customer support. The hardest thing in a restaurant for an employee to work in is if you have customers that have an attitude towards the restaurant. So because now you're you 're not feeling great about your job all the time when you when you work at buddies, ninety percent of the people coming in there maybe more will say, "We love buddies we 've been coming in for twenty. They socialize your staff, which then inspires them to do better because they 're getting this positive reinforcement. so we have the customers helping us, we have our own internal uh, responsiveness I want to say it 's one thing i 've always prided myself on working because I was an employee for a long period of time." was that when I had something to say, I wanted somebody to listen to me because I cared about what I was doing. And the worst thing for me or my worst experience as an employee was when I cared about the business, but then I had managers that didn't care as much as I did. And I was only an employee. So I, I, I taught myself that the most important thing is listen to somebody, whether it's a dishwasher, whether it's You know, it could be the worst employee in the world. It doesn't matter. You got to listen to what they're saying, and then you have to put that into something that's actionable. So, getting information is never a bad thing. It's it's processing it and figuring out what the real issue is. That that's where it gets a little complicated. So, but uh, responding to staff, making sure that their needs are met, and uh, and reinforcing a lot of the things that they do well. The one minute manager is probably still the greatest book ever written on management. And it was very basic and it was very simple, and a lot of us old school guys have been around. That was our Bible, you know. Catch people doing something right, and uh, and I believe that in life. I believe it in business. You 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 work from a positive perspective. You you address the things that you want to see happen more often. And 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 the the, the last thing is you tell a story. Like why is it important? Why is this pizza important? Why is putting this mushroom? On this way versus this way, what 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 does that do? Does it create water? Does it create this or or why do you not want to make a mistake on a pizza because it takes another forty five minutes to make? So, would you want to wait another forty five minutes? So you have to put it in context that they understand and and so they get the chain of events that occur when things aren't done right. And uh, if you put it in that context, I think most reasonable people will will respond.
3: Right. I agree.
2: How is it getting
5: new staff right now? How do you how do you feel like the market Tough. is? Yeah.
2: Tough as it's been. Yeah. Uh yeah. obviously the city's growing, a lot of people left, right? Uh you know, the schools, a lot of kids are, you know, the the, the problem I see is that there's still an underclass of people in a city that need to get brought into the fold. That need to see what their potential is. And there's not enough uh, grassroots things going on that could take these kids that don't want to work at McDonald's anymore or don't want to work these jobs, and there's so much value in those jobs, but because they're not taught the value of why you would want right. to build yourself up this way, to them it, it's a, like a negative. It's a negative to work at a McDonald's. It's a negative to work at these restaurants. And it, when I was a kid, is to get a job was not a negative. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest thing you could do is get a job. And McDonald's or Bill Knapps, I remember or any of those groups. Remember Bill Knapps? They were amazing. They would train their people. They would teach you how to come to work. You'd have to cut your hair. You They they disciplined you in, in the workplace. And so I think right now there's a there's a struggle to get service staff because they're being uh, you know poached by all these other groups. I mean you've got uh, – Grocery stores—you've got, uh, you know, whether it's a Target or these kind of stores—they pay more. Their the hours are more reasonable. Uh, we still have the fun portion of our industry. You can still have fun in restaurants, uh, you know. But again, if you're lacking in resources, uh, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. But but I think if we can get more people to get into the workplace or work environment where they they. Uh, they see that it's a great way to come up. I think that it'll help, but it's going to take a lot of work. And we need people to come back into the city, to be honest. Hopefully people from around Ohio, whatever, come back in and, and see the opportunities. Uh, Detroit's booming.
0: And, Dean, what about you in terms of uh, Giordano's in terms of training and, and like, is it a more cor- corporate culture because of, like, the ownership and
3: does are there –
5: Challenges. Like you have to wear a tie and a jacket? No. no okay. <laughs> no.
3: Um, you know, it depends on what corporate means. Um, I think that the environment in is whether it's a franchise or a corporate-owned store, is hospitality is the umbrella in which we are protected by. And you can't have great hospitality if you serve bad food. You can't have great hospitality if you don't have a sense of urgency for your guest needs. And as Wes said, you know, training is such an important thing setting expectations, communicating those expectations, celebrating wins as, as uh, is probably more important than correcting wrongs because you don't want to just focus on the wrongs. Um, but that book, The One Minute Manager, is the best because it taught leaders how to um, confront issues in the moment for the moment and have a positive um, experience after that. So just because somebody does something wrong doesn't mean it has to be a negative experience. You use that. As Wes said, you tell stories and you turn that into a teaching moment and that person's going to grow how that leader sends that message is the difference between success and failure. And so if that message on correcting somebody's behaviors um, delivered harshly or without the story or very matter of fact, and that person might leave that was coached might leave that experience a little lacking, right? They might not feel like they were supported. They might just feel like they were yelled at or just told you did that wrong, do it this way. And there is no story about the why. Um, But when you have the full story and they have an understanding as to why the mushroom needs to be, on top of the cheese instead of underneath the cheese in our brand, um, then they're probably less likely to forget that. And they feel more part of the, the culture and the environment. But culture can't live in your brain. Um, I have to walk it. I have to talk it. I have to live it. And so we feel at Giordano's that um, our staff is our internal guest. And so most of my day is walking around making sure that our team is set up. Um, what do they need? Do they need this order placed? Do they need that staff member checked or whatever? If I, If I'm... Walking through the restaurant, I want to make sure that the managers have everything that they need and then everybody can attend to the guests. Um, you know, we do that before we open. And then once we open, we're on the floor and, and it's all about the guest. And we have two guests, uh, our staff and, and our external guest that comes in every day to support us. Um, but you really got to live it and you got to walk it, and the leaders have to do it. Otherwise, that culture is just going to be a goal that's in a distant, far away place that is really hard to get to. So,
0: and I want to extend this talk of culture outward to, uh the buddies particularly about the uh, philanthropic side of what you guys do and i want to talk about the um the pizzas that, that special menu that i think started a few years ago and has kind of found a home right uh, and so you have like the the at the time so i don't know if you still have the same pizzas yeah but you they're have like all pa- still there parade company pizza yep. the detroit zoo pizza the dia um where did that idea come from and how how is the success of it like
2: yeah uh, so all the partnerships obviously were developed because we had relationships with them in the past the parade company we always fed the volunteers the dia robert jacobs is a board member uh the zoo again the zoo boo we do all these different things with the zoo so because we were doing so many events already that we started talking about how he can partner um the thing the one thing that we did and i think is pretty amazing is the buddy bones. Now, a lot of people don't know what that is, but we basically had our multi-grain dough that would be very coarse and it had a life of maybe an hour and then it would turn to a very coarse product that you couldn't even sell. So, Somebody said, you know, this tastes like a dog biscuit when it was frozen. So we so we wound up saying, you know what, it does taste like a dog biscuit. So what we did is we got these little dog biscuit forms. We got them online and we started hitting the dough with these little dog biscuit things, and then we started cooking that dough. And it got really crispy overnight and and it was extremely healthy. We had the veterinarians check it out, say, Could a dog eat this? They go, sure, why not? If a human can eat it, a dog can eat it. So we said, you know what? Let's do something. So we contacted the Humane Society. We said, guys, we got this thing called we're gonna call we call the Buddy Bones. We said we got this thing called Buddy Bones. We're gonna put them in bags. We're gonna put a nice label on it. We had a logo with a little dog tongue coming out of it and flappy ears. And we said, why don't we see if we could just have people donate and then get these buddy ba- uh, these Buddy Bone bags, take them for their dogs, and we'll donate the money to the Humane Society. I think we raised like sixty grand for them already. Wow. And so so now we've repurposed this dough. We were throwing it out anyways because we couldn't sell it. So again, it, employees involved, the mindset is to give back. Uh, the captions, all our no-shows, all the pizzas that come through Buddies, they come and pick up every week. We've been doing this for 40 years. So, And they'll take those pizzas back to the soup kitchen. Uh, we, Our Buddies Pizza Day, we've raised $3.5 million for them, uh, Solana's Casey's. Going to be beatified in November, he's going to be a saint. Uh, I think it's the second saint in the United States, born in the United States. Um, the, the the Alliance for the Great Lakes again supported the Great Lakes. We have a pizza. We you know give back a dollar a pizza a year. You know you get anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars to these groups based on pizza sales. And again, being a partner to institutions in a city that are doing amazing things. Is, is obviously good business but you know you want more purpose to your job than just going in and selling pizzas. I mean you want to, to feel like you're contributing uh, whether it's employing people or whether it's making a difference. I mean we work with the empowerment uh, plan. We work with um, – so Veronica Scott there, she does amazing things uh, with the homeless. So we do lunches for them. Uh, everywhere we find that buddies can be of service – Uh, we do it. And it's not stuff that always comes to us. It's things we search out. So we say, who's doing amazing things in the community? So I'll call, like I call Veronica. Veronica, I think you're amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing with the homeless. Can we feed your staff? She's like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Can you feed my, of course you can feed my staff. (laughs) So we got everybody together and we, they booked a day there. We bring the pizzas over downtown. She's in Corktown there. And it's amazing. This is our, like our fifth time we've, done lunch for them I kind of know all the seamstresses there these people started homeless they they have a house some of them gotten married uh, they teach them how to budget it's just not you know some smoke and mirrors thing these people put in long hours they work very hard to make a difference I think every business that operates in this city should do something. Uh, and even cleaning your own neighborhoods. I mean, we have people cleaning around our six-mile store. I mean, you got employees. We, we try to get homeless people who say, listen, we'll give you a couple pizzas. Can you pick up some papers around there? I mean, we try everything. I mean, you know, it's it's you have to have a mindset, again, that says, you know, what else is there? You know, and, and, and that inspires the staff too because the staff want to work for businesses, particularly nowadays, that are socially involved on many levels. So – I like to support people that are already doing things that just need a little
5: leg up. Can Can you address donating pizza to shelters? So I know it's it's challenging for some grocery stores and things like that to give um, you know kind of food that's maybe um, not perfect to sell. Yeah. Is there any like because um, they're you know they're they're
2: worried about legal action yeah, there's and things a, like that. There's a liability issue. I'm sure that they they contend with. I mean, it's something that. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, the you know the There's a church I go to that they used to make food in a church facility, and they used to take the food to I don't know how many homeless shelters in the city. Well, all of a sudden, the health department or the state comes in and says, no, you can no longer do this. You have to have a license to Mm -hmm. do this. And then all of a sudden, this whole effort that they were doing for I don't know how many years got completely disintegrated. So now all these volunteers have to go to this obscure kitchen, to try to make the food. And I could tell you that effort from where it was to where it is now is not even close. And for buddies, again, the pizzas that we're talking about is a pizza that's made that someone calls up and says, give me five cheese and pepperoni pizzas. And an hour later, we're calling a number and there's no connection. So those pizzas then are taken in the back and frozen. Mm -hmm. And they come in with a refrigerated truck and pick up those pizzas. So we ensure like no one touched it. Mm -hmm. No one. So it's no different than if we Took a carryout out to them, I think because we're local and you know it's something that we've had in place. Now, if 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 I guess if a homeless person sued us because they got sick, <laughs> I guess there's a possibility of that. But you know what? I, I think if you're going to worry about everything, I think nobody's going to do anything. Right. I mean, we're right. we're we're gonna we're gonna give back. Uh, you know it. it and and I uh, the, the funny thing about it is we do a couple events there where they'll actually serve the pizzas for their luncheon, and we're there. And it's amazing to see how many of the homeless people that are coming there, no buddies. <laughs> it cracks me up. It's like they know our brand. There's a guy that's living on the street, and he's excited about Buddy's pizza. He's like, are you buddy? I go, no, I'm not buddy, buddy. He says, I love your pizza. So we've got guys that have been probably going in that kitchen for 20, 30 years, some of them eating Buddy's pizza. I'm waiting for it, hoping for it. Yeah, they do it, I think, right. once a week or whatever. I don't know which day they pick, and then they whip out the pizzas, right. and you go down the food line. But they know buddies, so really That's quite great. the marketers. <laughs> so,
0: so Dean, does Giordano's do a similar – like not similar, but do they we do philanthropic uh, – Sure,
3: yeah. sure. Um, so uh, from children's programs to library programs, um, so there's a, a – um, we haven't done it here yet, but Giordano's as a company has what they call Giordano's Gives. And so um, either uh, a community come, can come to us and ask us to participate, and we will, uh, depending on how they want us to, either with food or dollars. Um, and then uh, we do a reading program for kids every – I think that if they read 10 books, uh, they get a free pizza every time they read 10 books. Yes, uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. Book it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then uh, we do uh, um, homeless shelter support too. Um, so little things like uh, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day typically is the holiday that's kind of forgotten Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, everybody's typically fed. Um, so we'll go around and, and, drop off fresh hot, you know, pizzas to homeless shelters on New Year's day. Um, we also did that. We have a food truck in Chicago. We're going to try to bring it here. And on those holiday nights late at night, what we'll do is we'll go around the city, um, from 11 PM till three o'clock in the morning or whatever, and, uh, drive around the city and hand out, um, pizzas to homeless people or salads and sandwiches too. But typically pizzas are the favorite. Um,
2: yeah, you know, you know, one thing I want to say about the restaurant industry: there's nobody that gives back more than restaurant people. I mean, they're just amazing. From all the chefs to all the restaurants, you can go around any city, and uh, that's one group that never forgot their roots. Right. Restaurant people—they work hard, they're humble, uh, we're of service, and they're always giving back. And I'm proud of that to be in that industry. Agreed.
3: Agreed. I think the common struggle that we experience being in the restaurant industry um makes it easy for us to remember
0: and i think that that you know just from you know the, the bakery's perspective too it's like we see people coming in but we see people that can't come in too right and this is what you're talking about both right. of with homeless right. people so it's like why you know we want we want to feed everyone
3: right right ultimately if we all could we would feed everybody yeah. every day the food we throw away in this country would feed the rest yeah, of the oh, no population that's it. So as Wes said, I mean, there are ways to be creative, and we do that. We, we have pizzas that aren't picked up at the end of the night, um, and we disseminate them through the community. Um, we have to get a little bit more connected here in Detroit, um, so come see us. Um, but as a company, Giordano's is very committed um, to helping every, any way we can. So let's bring it back to the pizza
0: at this point, and mm-hmm. let's talk about the way these pizzas are structured because they're both structured similarly
3: but different, right? Mm-hmm. So
0: let's talk about – let's Dean, let's talk start with Giordano's. How is a Giordano's pizza built?
3: Sure. Uh, so in order, we'll come in, um, and we'll take a dough ball that's been proofed for about uh, 20 to 25 minutes, gets to about uh, 62 to 68 degrees, um, and we'll um, roll it. And uh, whether it's a thinner or a stuffed, we'll do stuffed because that's a little bit more complicated. Uh, so we'll go; it'll get um, stuffed into a two-inch pan. Um, uh, so the first person rolls it, the second person um, puts it in the pan, the third person is going to do the protein. So uh, sausage and pepperoni go on the bottom crust. Right, why, so we do. Why is that? Uh, we just feel it bakes better; makes Got it, it okay. just part of the recipe. Um, so you would put uh, dough in the pan, then either pepperoni or um, uh, sausage, and then the cheese goes on top of that. And then the vegetables go on top of the cheese. So uh, mushrooms, onions, green peppers would go on top of the cheese. Then another layer of dough. Then sauce. And then there are some vegetables actually go on top of the sauce. um, Like olives, artichokes, tomatoes, anything with a high water content Uh, is going to go on top. Bacon. Bacon. Um salami because we want that to be a little bit crispy mm. as opposed to putting it in the in the in the pizza. So our pizza is actually like a pie. If you think of an apple pie, it's got a bottom crust, a, a top crust. We actually tear the top crust too, just so that bakes through all the way. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how stuff pizzas built.
5: Where do anchovies
2: live? On top, on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wants them to crispen off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's.
0: Uh, I want to talk about the. So one of your uh, call them competitor or whatever, Lou Malnati. Sure. They have the sausage disc, right? And my experience with that was that it was kind of off-putting because it's like you can't escape. <laughs>
5: well, you can't caramelize it either, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: So it's kind of like this kind of rubbery. Um, you guys don't do a – We
3: don't do that. No, no, no. We uh, we actually take uh, fresh sausage and we put it down on the dough. So we actually, um, for lack of a better term, pepper the bottom of the 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 pan with sausage. So it's not going to be touching. You're going to see a little bit of dough in between each piece of sausage. But the whole bottom pan of the um, will not be covered, but you'll see sausage throughout the whole thing. But I agree with you. I'm not a fan of the sausage patty disc. As a, as a sausage pizza. Yeah, it's, it's mm. too much. You can actually add Lou Malnati's to give him credit. Um, You can prefer to not – you can ask them not to do that. Oh, OK. So you can get it in pieces the way that we do it at Jordan's. Wait, is
5: that yeah. every
2: pizza or just a sausage pizza? Sausage pizza. Sausage OK. Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: OK. Right. It's a, either sausage patty or sausage pizza. Uh, Wes, let's talk about the uh, – Yeah, so for us,
2: it's, it's, there's, there's, it's amazing how many similarities there are. But again, we start with the dough. The dough is made and then the dough has to be – it has to rest because it's, it's a very difficult dough to press – um, it has no oil in it, no sugar, so you start with saltwater yeast, basically, which is essentially a Neapolitan style dough. It's kind of a quirky pizza, so you're starting with a Neapolitan style dough that you're trying to stretch, and and you do stretch it numerous times to to fit the contour of the pan. And are you and hand or sheeter? No, no, no! Everything's by you. Got to handle dough by hand. There's no sheeters. Sheeters, no, no <laughs> so, sheeters. So britsky, <laughs> no, dough has to be massaged. It has to be worked. The gluten is built up through that hand action. So you, you stretch it out, and then you let it proof. It could take up to two, three hours. It all depends. It's topped then with the pepperoni that we put on the dough also, uh, and again, we like that pepperoni to bake into the crust because you want that flavor in that mm-hmm. crust. Uh, and the pepperoni would always burn at the high heat. So and, – and Sicilian-style pizza was basically made similar to this where they put the meat into the dough to bake it. Um, so then – and then you top it with brick cheese, which is different than traditionally mozzarella is used. And then uh, you'll sauce it. Uh, you know, we use three stripes basically, but it's just a guideline. Um, it's a light skimming of sauce. The sauce shouldn't be thick because, again, we're trying to avoid pooling. You're trying to avoid the water content and all that kind of stuff. And then of course the toppings very similar. The bacon and all that stuff goes on top. Italian sausage, things like that. We'll get bulk sausage. We we bake it down on a grill. We strain the fat and then it's used on top. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's pretty much the same way. I mean, the key to the pie though is the balance of the toppings and then the proofing of the crust and then not the overlaying of the sauce. If you if you can get people to do that with the multiple toppings that they're that the guests are ordering you have to make adjustments right because if someone says give me triple pineapple and you say well do you want the thing to swim away or do you want so you have to kind of guide people along sometimes do you want a really mushy pizza or um, so yeah there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of work I know it looks really easy it looks like a pizza dough with a bunch of stuff on it but but
3: it's a lot more complicated than I that. know
2: and people know people come in and you know and I laugh about it because I know you were talking about Pizza Populous. I think they had a pie that was like $30 or something. It was like a Seafood Lovers or something. That's mm-hmm. said, $30 for a pizza. I laugh about it to myself. I go, what a great country. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you can get 30 <laughs> right. bucks for this. Pie. And then people come into buddies, and it's like, oh, my God, $14. And I thought to myself, do you know how much work went into this pizza? I know it's just salt water and there's not much there in your mind. But the labor to get it to do what it does – well, you said you have to proof it for two hours. I mean, so, so – Just that alone. Right. And if the dough doesn't proof real well, you wind up not using it or – so you have to make 150 pizzas, 150 skins that you may use 100 of. And the rest And the rest of the skins will get pitched away because they either dry out during the process right. or, or they're just not – or they're just wow. not working. So there's waste in that just to get it to where it needs to be. That's huge. So, yeah. You're dropping a third of your, your dough. Yeah. Literally. Literally well the, and you know where the, pro- the the cost really anything like that is not in a, flour and water is not expensive but it's the process of it's making the, time the dough too, yeah, yeah. Right. and the labor that it takes to do that and the handling of it, it it a lot of it is in the labor obviously the the product itself you know we're we're uh we're using basic products it's the whole process of trying to make a detroit style pizza that's why when someone's doing a knockoff and they're putting 20 Five ounces of dough in the same pan we're putting in, and we're putting in maybe fourteen to sixteen or something like that. You know, it's pretty easy to get what's called a deep dish or whatever if you're putting twenty four ounces in the same amount of area. But it's a different it's, density. Yeah, it's yeah. a different density. It, yeah. I took one pizza and deconstructed it because I, I mean, I do it because I'm fascinated. Like I, <laughs> like you know, right. I, 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 I've deconstructed a million pizzas and I, and I, and listen, I'm sure people have deconstructed our pizza a million times. But I always am fascinated with it, and and again, it can look the same, but it's not going to eat the same, and that's where the difference is. Like Uno's looked a certain way, but when you bit into it, right, it's not yeah. the same thing. Hmm. And you know, and that's the hard part about growing a business. You know, I'm sure they struggled with trying to control quality, and like you guys are so focused on it, and to be good, uh, it's you got to have someone like you on that business every day. Uh, you know, telling people what's important in the product. So
1: consistency is everything. Everything, right. you
4: and, know. I had the pleasure when I was younger. I worked at uh, at Primo's Pizza. Oh in yeah, Livonia. Birmingham. Oh yeah. Well, in Livonia, they all had uh, yeah, Birmingham yep. for Dominic Sove and his yep, family. Yeah. And um, I was. This was like early two thousands. I was a young man. I started delivering there when I was going <laughs> to school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it listening to you talk really brings back so many memories because. They really were, you know, three generations worked there at the same time. Dominic, uh, his son, and then his mother – uh, worked there re, really up until, like, the last few years she passed away. But, I mean, even at almost 90 years old, she would come in and cut lettuce and, you know, point her knife at people yeah. and, not, and oh, tell, yeah. tell them they better, uh, oh, yeah. you know, roll that dough the I right had, way. I because, had that experience, believe You know, and talk about how she uh, fought Germans off with pitchforks. Yeah. and So you better roll the dough the right way. That's and, right. Um, but you're right. And, I mean, I don't think I ever saw Dominic take a day off in all the years that I worked there. But um, and I think they – were very successful in their location and they're still going strong yep. since like 1968 i wanna say but um but yeah you're right it, it really does take uh, somebody being on it all the time for so that
5: it's pretty I cool I also worked in a pizza place in a bad pizza place yeah. I'm not going to say say okay. yeah. why why you say it? I'm yeah. not going to say it cuz I don't yeah. we don't need to give them any publicity <laughs> but um the way I was taught was you put it through the sheeter you get the dough ball you put it yeah. through the sheeter and then you kind of trim off the excess yeah. that doesn't fit on the pan what was great about that is I kept all the excess throughout my shift, and I would make little animals and little That's, houses. Oh, yeah. They've,
2: they've, there's been some interesting uh, things made and baked out of dough, trust oh, right. me. Right. And I don't want to say them yes. on the air, but yeah. they've been very interesting. But, but
4: uh, It sounds like yeah. they got the employees they deserve. That's so.
2: right.
1: I worked at uh, the pizza place as well in 1990 that served beer, and it was a fast food pizza place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the only. I was the only Little Caesars I think in Detroit that I think they served beer. Huh, yeah. Wow! And this is uh, over on Warren. Right now it'd be close to Dearborn. where Dearborn Heights yeah, is it used yeah, to be yeah. a, uh, Little Caesars. Yeah, there, I remember that. Yeah, they served uh, uh, a light beer.
2: And yeah, like a but butt- that was an American. Uh, that was their American Pizza Cafe. Is that what? It, yeah. Okay. And then it went back to the pizza to Little Caesars. Okay. They converted right. it back. But I was laughing about the beer. I was saying we we did a thing with Kid Rock. A few years back when we did a badass Detroiter pizza and we took his beer and we were mixing it in with the water mm. and we made you – know, it was to raise money for his uh, – one of his kids' a charities. Beer dough. Yeah. So we made a beer dough and we called it a badass Detroiter pizza and uh, so it was kind of funny because he was supposed to come in and he kept getting – I don't know. He had so many shows he couldn't make it. So – Though a couple of years ago when he did his last album, he, he wore our buddy's t shirt. He wore the badass uh Detroiter pizza on his one of his uh liner things in his album. That's awesome, I know. So, yeah, awesome. it was pretty cool, but yeah, we we pretty much played with everything with with pizza, but yeah, the sheeter. Here's the thing with our dough. Because it has no oil in it, it's considered a lean dough. It, it's very difficult to work with. Yeah. So if you put it in a sheeter, nothing would happen. Mm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stretch. <laughs> like you have to have some kind of shortening in oil in dough to make it pliable. That's why. That's why. What I said earlier, the ladies had the big arms. <laughs> well, yeah. When you're stretching, oh. you know, five hundred pizzas a night, that you're stretching essentially like a super Bowl. It goes nowhere, and and so it, when it heats up, it'll eventually give. But there could be two, three stretches before it actually takes the shape of the pan itself. So again, looks easy but hard, hard to do. Show <laughs> any pizza places in your history?
0: I did not work in any pizza places. Wow, no. bakery though? Bakery, yeah. And there's, I mean,
5: very in- similar. Yeah. Pie. We, pie. But,
0: uh, our, yeah, I mean, but yeah. we don't have any. You've a pizza inside a, a. We do a pizza pasty. There you go. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one of our employees just did a pizza uh, pie, like a meat pie. Yep. So that'll be something that we're that's kind of like with. a little
5: mini deep dish.
0: Yep. 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 Um, our, our shells are uh, a, a 24-hour shell, so we press them. They have to dry overnight. So every every pie is a day in the at least a day in the making. So, so I, I, all
1: that real quick question uh, um, for buddies, and then I don't know for you guys, but for buddies, common things I've seen always on the menu for like since the, the I was a little kid always an antipasto salad there's yep. always like a broccoli cheese
2: soup Yep. right cream of broccoli and the dressing again is another signature item that's still made in gallons that sits for 5 weeks marinating hmm. that wow. so we so let's say we'll go through 50 gallons 50 to 60 gallons of dressing per store per week right so the company that makes the dress—we used to do that at Six Miles. So we have a guy that makes it for us now. He lines up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> gallons on stainless tables, and he goes to each gallon and drops in lemons, salaries, salt, whatever the ingredients are, fills it with oil, then fills it with vinegar. Wow! And those sit for five to six weeks before they're shipped to buddies. That's the way the dressing's done. <laughs> And mind you, we give dressing, people order it on the side, and they have these little two or three ounce supplies, three of them like garbage. Like, they just throw them away. And I'm thinking to myself, can you believe this? You know, they I mean, as a customer, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm
0: not going to order as many dressings. I'm, just, I'm only going to use the one. This is like gold at this you point. You have
2: no idea the folklore that the dressing had in the day. And again, it was all done at Six Mile at the time, but we ran out of room. So we happened to find some amazing people, Greeks, that just have – you know, are tireless and doing the processes for us. And we go and inspect the facility once a week to make sure he's not putting one less lemon in there. Or <laughs> if it calls for three stocks of salary, there better be three stocks of salary. Or, you know, it's, it's so Some of this stuff is so ridiculous. It's almost it. comical when I look back it. at it. And, and you sit there and you go, you do this because you love the business. Like, you do it because you care. I mean, you these people count on you. Your right. guests count on you. Right. Some legacy yeah. items for you.
3: Other uh, signature items besides yeah. pizza. Um, we always have minestrone soup. Mm. Um, our calamari is fantastic. Um, we it's do made kind with of,
5: real squid, not with any pig parts. Correct.
3: A thousand percent real.
5: Wait, <laughs> we actually do Wait, kind of an Italian that version. That's a whole long story. Yeah, yeah.
3: we Pit. do a Torino version of it. Um, where there's. Vegetable, there's vegetables mixed in it with it too, mm. so it's great. So fri- um, fried squid and fried vegetables. Yeah, yeah. So oh, there's nice. uh, lemon and fennel and cherry peppers and uh, haricot vert, green beans. Nice. Um, so it's kind of like a they call it a frito misto in Italy, right? So it's a mixed yep. fried plate. Um, mm. So that's our calamari, um, and then uh, our salads. The salad dressings too um, are just fantastic. Um, the salads are just fresh, and the lemon vinaigrette dressing is. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dean, I have, I have another question. For, <laughs> yeah. In terms of
0: uh, the uh, being a franchisee of uh, the, this, of Giordano's, mm-hmm. was there training you had to go through before you could own a G- or open a Giordano's?
3: There, there is. Uh, I'm a, a unique situation in the sense that I worked for corporate for five years before I came a, became a franchisee. So, for my situation, it was a little bit different. I already knew the brand intimately before I became a franchisee. Okay. But if somebody wanted to become a franchisee that didn't work for the company, uh, yes, there is a very rigorous um, training program, and you have to have a restaurant background they wouldn't um the franchisor won't um let a non-restaurant tour operate in us.
4: so was it detroit your like your idea or they approached you or how did detroit uh, it, come was on the my, it was my it was
3: mine and my partners oh cool uh, um, so i have three partners and and uh we're all very keen on michigan um my one partner went to michigan state my brother went to michigan state we spent yes, a lot of time no here green. yeah uh, so <laughs> my best friend went to michigan played football uh, for both Beckler. <laughs> uh, 44 Pat uh, for those of you out there that don't mind. Boom. Um, uh, yeah, no, we love the
2: Whatever,
0: Uh, Wes, what about you? Do you guys have GMs for each store? Is that how we have
2: GMs? And, uh, yeah, every, every, again, the benefit of being local and, and, uh, being around as long as we have, we have very caring, tenured people. I saw We have managers in a system 30 years, Dennis has been at Six Mile for 42 years. We started almost together. Uh, Matt's been with us 25 years, Larry 25 years, Marty 15 years, uh, Mark 20 years, Debbie probably 20 years. Every one of these people run the stores. Our carryout manager has been there 15, 20 years each. Uh, we're, we really are like a family and everyone has built their life around buddies. You know what? It, it, you know, they're not making a million dollars but they're very happy and they have great lives and, and they're great people so – uh just goes to show you money, money doesn't it, – it, it's what's in your heart that really matters. The money it pays in. bills. That's about it. <laughs> Get your hands dirty and pays bills. <laughs> uh, so uh, – What about the three pounds of pizza in my <laughs> stomach? <laughs> what is that for this? <laughs>
4: Uh, Dean, is there any uh,
0: any plans for other Giordano's locations in the yeah. area? Yeah, okay. absolutely.
3: We have to. Uh, we're actually looking for a third spot now. Um, Should we to, start
5: a Facebook page?
4: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I want to know more about this food truck, though.
3: Food truck's pretty awesome. I'm trying yeah. to get it from Chicago. Um, the company has one, and we can uh, lease it if you will. <laughs> um, and so we're just trying to figure it's getting a little cold out now, but in the spring, um,
4: and that's the full size. Cause how does that work with the long cook times and that they're just, so they do
2: individual oh. pizzas there. Okay, I see. So they do the individual pizzas, yeah, the, the uh, the one pizza. and a half pounders.
4: Awesome. All
0: right, guys, thanks for being with us.
2: Uh, uh, Wes, the, so the buddies in Detroit zoo, uh, is that next year in the spring? Yep. Spring of next year. Yeah, that'll be exciting. It's gotta have rooftop dining. It's gonna have limited menu, just pizza and salad, and uh yeah and, and so. monkeys. And monkeys. We're going to try. I told the guy, I said, listen, if we could train these monkeys to come in here and do some work, I mean, we would save a fortune on labor. So right now we've got monkeys being trained. What about monkey bones?
1: Monkey bones? Speaking speaking of zoo, i got to give a shout-out because anytime you go to the zoo and you get a thing, you get yourself a coupon to go to Buddy's.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing. You're not going to allow the coupons to be used at the zoo. Uh. (laughs) There's always a business. I mean, I – all this social stuff, there's always uh, that business side at <laughs> the zoo
1: and Greenfield. Yeah, great. Right? You got to back both uh, so, Great
3: institutions. Uh, uh, Dean, where can people find you online? Uh, uh, Dean at 312, or the restaurant? Yeah. Giordanos.com. Either right. one. You can do it one. I'm going to put a yeah, number out. <laughs> uh, uh, and the restaurant's at 1224 Randolph.
4: Do they right. do their own social accounts for all these different Giordano's? So-,
3: so we have one Facebook page, but we have our own Giordano's Detroit Facebook okay. page. It's all part of – just to make it easy for everybody.
2: Great. And 12 locations around 12 the 12 locations, yeah. Uh, buddiespizza.com? Buddiespizza.com, www.buddiespizza.com. All right.
0: Dean, Wes, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having, having us. Awesome. So much uh, fun. Until next time, dine well, friends.
5: Woo!